and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, 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 no. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we are revisiting claims of the paranormal. The thing we kind of hit the least of our three items. Tent poles. Mm-hmm. This time we heard the claim and we showed up. We did. This claim came from our good friend, Chris Shelton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure you remember from our Scientology follow-up. He had been in Scientology for 27 years, 17 of those as a Sea Org member, three of those on the RPF. They're and look at him now, grueling. going to haunted houses. And and he's a nearly wed? Yes, that's right. A critical thinker at large. He had a friend who had a bunch of paranormal experiences at his house Yes, in Arizona and, and thought it might be haunted. Oh, this might be a good opportunity for us to collaboratively get together, Chris Shelton and Ross and Carrie, and uh, look into this for his friend. So his friend had sent him a description of what was going on at the house. Yeah, I originally got this as a very long text, and it described a variety of occurrences within his house. Mm-hmm. He said, Some of which were pretty wild. Yeah, and it had started with... His girlfriend at the time, they are now broken up, but his girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time had been in bed. He was off in the kitchen making something for her, and she yelled, Ouch! What the fuck, babe? Because she had felt like someone grab her really yeah, fiercely. Yeah, like goose her, but super hard. Goose. I haven't heard that. In that oh, you time. never heard that? Yeah, that's where like you pinch someone uh, right above their hips. Oh, why would you do that? I don't know. People do it. Okay. So she thought he had done that, but done it like super, super hard because it hurt. And he said, oh, well, I'm in the next room. So I, I was making you food. So I'm sorry. I, I didn't do anything. And she's like, you didn't grab me? And then later they heard upstairs a bunch of doors shut immediately. So he went up to investigate this. Mm-hmm. He described it as Rainbow Six style. Mm-hmm. You know, worried he was going to have to shoot some intruder. I'm guessing a gun was involved. That'll come up later. Yes, he owns guns. And then he had other experiences that were described in those initial texts. One of them was... That a friend came and visited. Yeah. And and she got really freaked out. She heard everything slamming upstairs. The TV turned off by itself. And he made sure to let us know she's a skeptic. She's an atheist. Yeah, there's no way she was just freaking out to be freaked out. I don't think he mentioned that she was using pot at the time. He did not. Not in that time. We would learn that later. (laughs) He also mentioned inviting a paranormal group in to investigate, and they had set up infrared cameras, and he said that one of the cameras picked up this footage with glowing red eyes. Mm -hmm. He said this was the thing that freaked him out the most. He rolled back the tape and saw these two glowing red eyes in the corner, and he said that's probably the weirdest thing. And he assured us that he, too, is a skeptic and normally doesn't believe in these things. But that scared him so much that he stayed in a hotel for almost a week. Yeah. So we thought, wow, well, this sounds Oh, wait, there's something else he told us. Yeah. That after all this started, he and his girlfriend started getting in a bunch of fights. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It just seemed to have a negative energy that kind of seeped into their relationship. Their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sounded like it was worth investigating. Yeah. Maybe we'd go find out what's going to happen here. Now, I've lived in a haunted house. Have you been in a haunted house? 
Yes. It's funny. My wife, Kara, she's sitting over here and she is looking knowingly because she was raised in a house that has many haunting stories. As I Oh, yeah. We mentioned. talked about that. The famous doll prank. Sorry, Kara. I told everybody that story. <laughs> That's been probably my closest experience with a haunted place. Okay. How about uh, you? Well, I lived in a house that I thought was haunted a good 10 years ago now. Yes. It was a guest house behind someone else's house and... I won't put you through the story that you've heard 45 times, Ross, but people should go watch my TED Talk where I talk about it. I've watched it 45 times and it's great. (laughs) There you go. But okay, I'm about to spoiler everybody. Pause and go watch Carrie's TED Talk, then come back. There you go. And you're back. Okay, but for those who didn't bother with that, spoiler, it was carbon monoxide poisoning. And it's a very good- Yeah, it's a really good thing that I found that out when I did and called the gas company. So the first thing we did was make sure we had a carbon monoxide detector to bring with us. And very conveniently, you had just received a- Two! A portable carbon monoxide- Wait, two? Two! Drew's parents, Drew's very sweet parents. His and hers carbon monoxide detectors. (laughs) Yeah. They read about someone who got carbon monoxide poisoning in an Airbnb. And we are about to go on a trip where we will be using an Airbnb. So they were (laughs) like, well, you need... You need carbon monoxide detectors. just one. Yep, and they sent two. Okay, so you packed that up. I thought, okay, good. This is our chance to go ghost hunting. I had an EMF detector that you had bought me as a gift many years ago. Yeah, that was still in its packaging. That's right. Well, you know, keeping it nice and pristine until I have (laughs) cause to search for ghosts. So let's explain what an EMF meter is. Yeah, so EMF is electromagnetic frequency. Here's the ghost hunting version. An EMF meter tells you if there's a ghost nearby because ghosts let off electromagnetic magnetic frequencies and so you just walk around pushing this button and if it goes there's a ghost nearby yeah that's pretty much the gist of it on the back of the packaging it says aside from a camera the most basic tool for a ghost hunter is the emf meter when ghost church jimmy church yeah let's take it down a notch when ghostly activity takes place electromagnetic anomalies often occur in the environment this meter can allow you to detect these disturbances Find hotspots in homes, in cemeteries, in buildings. Here's the thing I've noticed, though. All the ghosts like to hang out around things that are plugged in. <laughs> yeah. And an EMF detector, I think, is just picking up on alternating current. Mm-hmm. You're going to find it in a house very close to devices running on alternating current, mm-hmm. which seems highly specific. Because Why are ghosts living on that? Yeah, that specific oscillating rate of electricity, mm-hmm. whereas you would use like a Gauss meter to measure electric current in general. Mm. So mm, gotcha. it, it just seems yeah. highly specific. But yeah, that's always the go-to tool for ghost hunters. So I had one. All it needed was a nine volt battery. So I got that. But I thought, let's get legit about this. So we started shopping for equipment online. I thought, yeah, let's get our ghost hunting equipment on. (laughs) So we wanted to get a night vision camera. I read so many reviews for so many cameras. And it's funny because they do really market some as ghost hunting cameras. Mm. And some of them are approved and branded by certain paranormal groups. Right. And it's funny, like every camera you look at has some different name you've never heard of before. Yeah, all the ghost hunting ones, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even others I was looking at instead of Sony and JVC. Yeah, and I kept looking for that stuff Panasonic, too. Panasonic, it was all A-Blue 
and other names yeah. I'd never heard of before. I'm and guessing Carl's Electronics. Yeah, I'm guessing there's some OEM original equipment manufacturers just letting people slap their labels on these things. Probably. So I finally found one that seemed like the right balance of price and performance and actually had some test footage that I could see. But the idea was that I wanted to be able to capture in the infrared range. So in the dark, I could see. But in all the reviews I was reading, built-in infrared lights on the cameras often don't go too far. So I got a separate infrared flashlight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The camcorder was $166. The flashlight was $1150. $11.50, not $1150. Oh, geez. Yeah, I would hope not. We also got a motion-activated trail camera. Yes. So the kind of thing you normally put to catch wildlife and spot them. If you're a jerk. Or if you're running like a camp and need to be aware if there's a bear. Okay, fine. But we wanted to hunt ghosts. Right. So the idea is if it trips the infrared, then it will record and take pictures of whatever it is. So we got one of those. That was $65. Then we got... A laser infrared thermometer. Which we can also use to check whether moonlight is colder. (laughs) Oh, yes. I can't wait to run that experiment. (laughs) Yeah, the same exact equipment they use for that kind of thing. So essentially, it's just this little trigger-operated device that you can point a laser at a spot on the table or the ground or the wall, and it will tell you the pretty close the temperature. About how warm it is. Yeah, roughly. So that is $14.39. Good Good deal. Not bad. And then... Can you shine that into your oven and see whether your meatloaf is warmed up? Oh, probably. Yeah. That seems useful. I will try that now. Yeah, all right. You got me curious. And then got an extra SD card to go in the camera. So... We've got a lot of equipment now. Yeah. We're ready to go. <laughs> We're ready to ghost hunt. But it also shows, you know, this is not a, a cheap activity if you want to get going on ghost hunting. But we thought we might use these again. We probably will. Seems like a good investment for Ross and Carrie. Mm-hmm. We also brought some trusty equipment. I brought a cross. Yes. In, in case you did. I would need that. I brought dowsing rods. There's a fun story behind the cross. You'll hear it later. You'll hear about in a future episode. But I also brought my pendulum as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. So just in case we need to do anything spiritual, we were covered on that realm as well. I also bought a couple ghost hunting books. Yes. Just to make sure we were up on the literature. Uh, yeah, I read the first chapter of the more thorough one. Yeah, in the book. a sort of everything ghost hunting book. It gave some helpful overviews and it gave some not so helpful <laughs> ideas. But I also bought this one little $8 book called Ghost Hunting Understanding Orbs by... Project Reveal Lee Steer. And sounds credible. <laughs> and it's made by a ghost hunter, but you read the whole thing. You're an expert now. I did. It's actually pretty good. Oh. He put pictures of various orbs in there and, and kind of differentiates oh, this looks like an orb, but I took this photo myself and it's actually a dust molecule. Okay. And then oh, this good. one looks like an orb, but it's actually a bug and so on. Because a lot of ghost hunters will show you these pictures of a glowing light or a fuzzy part of a photo and say, that's the ghost because there's an orb, but orbs are very easy to create. Right. You can say, oh, but it was snowing there and your flash went off. So. Right. We exactly. Just got a bunch of reflected light. Yeah. So his whole thing is like, I'm going to show you which orbs are accidentally created so you can differentiate. But, you know, I think it's a good little tome for anybody. Yeah. Believe good deal. it or not. Did he include some legit orbs that are actually ghosts? He did, actually. Well, yes and no. He said 
possible real orbs oh, in the back. Right. And he only gave two. One is like a glowing orb in a forest. Reminds me very much of Watcher in the Woods. And then the second one is like a little glowing light on a dark house. Watcher in the Woods. Is that the early 1980s? movie from Disney? It is a Disney movie. I don't know when it was released, but I watched it a ton as a child. Oh, I watched it once when I was getting it haunted me. It's scary. It's scary. It's legit scary. I, I watched it again as an adult and I was afraid to watch it. Uh-huh. I was like, I need to overcome this. <laughs> and it was still pretty scary. It's scary. Have you seen the alternative ending though? It's comically dumb. I don't remember the details, but it was on the DVD that I watched as an adult. But I remember before a bunch of my Disney movies on VHS, there would be this trailer that would show a bunch of various Disney films. And it had this happy song like, everything's shiny and new. Mm. Come where the music is playing, Walt Disney and you. Something oh, like that. that and, and it would play little snips from many different films. But they would show that one scene where the girl has the blindfold on uh-huh. her face and then the glass cracks. Yes. And I would be so freaked out every time. So I'd hear this happy music, but I just oh, had, yeah, that's a weird thing had to, to look away because I did not want to be reminded of this freaky movie. Yeah, it's scary. But everyone should go see it. It's good. With Betty. Betty Davis. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, you should all go see Watcher in the Woods. That's well, it that's it for our show. show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're all ready now. Yeah. So we got tickets to Arizona, to Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. or thereabouts. And we were going to meet up with Chris Shelton there at the airport. Mm-hmm. And we did. And then we're going to call him Zachary, mm-hmm. the protagonist of our story, the master of the house. <laughs> yes. He rents this home, and he's the one who's been witnessing all of these Freaky Fridays. He came to pick us up. And And it was Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Oh, burying the lead here. (laughs) We had just finished our Max Fun Drive. We had done our Elevator episode and released it, and now we're going to investigate a haunted house on Friday the 13th. Couldn't be more perfect. Right? Yep. Exciting. So Zachary came and picked us up at the airport. First, we went out to a restaurant. Yeah, Mexican food. That was good. Yeah, and and so he started telling his story. Thank goodness I had my notebook out with my pen because he started going into detail. Yeah, and Carrie was taking detailed notes. Yes, I was. And I was just absorbing as much as I could. But it was interesting. Already, he was telling additional stories and slightly different versions of what Mm -hmm. we'd seen already. Yes, So shall I run through what he told us? Do it. All right. So in July 2015, he moved to the Phoenix area. He lives in an upper middle class neighborhood. And three or four months after moving, he got his girlfriend. And his girlfriend will play a major role in Mm -hmm. this whole saga. Let's call her Kate. Kate. One day, Kate had a cold and Zachary said he went to go make her soup and that's when the whole ow babe what the fuck thing happened. Mm-hmm. Now when he's telling us this story, he says that she was laying on her stomach. In his previous email he had said that she was watching TV. So like maybe a slight discrepancy there, but Yeah, maybe she flipped over at some mm-hmm. point. If someone had what is it, goosed me? Yeah. I would flip around very quickly. Me too. And point the finger. Right. You cut that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and- seems weird to just call out I don't think I could even make myself do that. Like, my body would just react. Yeah. Yeah. So, So for whatever reason, she just yelled out, but without investigating or somehow believed that he could perform some sort of ninja moves 
to uh, get out of the room lickety split. So he said, you know, and at the time I thought, well, she is sick. Maybe she's got a fever. Maybe she's freaking out. I don't know. And he tried to kind of put it out of his head. Then a couple days later, he goes to some sort of family gathering with her family. And Kate's sister comes up to him and says, if you touch my sister one more fucking time, I will rip your throat out. And he's like, what? Huh? And she says, I saw those bruises. And so it turned out that Kate had some bruises on her sides right above her hips. And he says they were in the shape of hands. And we said, whoa, you got photos of that? He said, nope. No. Okay. Well, so a month after that, apparently it was a really hot day. His girlfriend went to sleep on the couch and he heard her scream, ran in to see her. And she said, I just felt something next to my head, uh, like a face or something, that feeling of being stared at, but really close to me. Yeah. But she had her eyes closed. She didn't see whatever it was. Okay. All right. Then five months after that, now we're at somewhere around November or December 2015. They're both asleep. Zachary just wakes up terrified just suddenly and screams. Ah! And he realizes he's pretty much paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And he looks to the right and sees Kate awake there too. She's scared and woken up as well. And he looks up and he sees a cloudy black figure. And it has a short wingspan, but it's like a Mothman kind of character. Yeah, and we looked up pictures of Mothman later, and there was one in particular who said, yeah, yeah, it looked like this. And it had a more solid, opaque core, but then it would sort of taper off and become more opaque towards the edges. Mm. And uh, yeah, freaked him out. So um, they both got scared. They went to the living room and curled up in little balls and... Watched the TV and fell asleep. Yeah. Which seems like an interesting reaction to me. If this creature just showed up right above my bed floating, I feel like I wouldn't be fully safe. You'd be like, all right, time to watch some West Wing. 20 feet away, less than 20 feet away on the couch. Uh Uh-huh. But okay. But maybe you would. You know, sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes Sometimes you you don't. don't. So Zachary asked his girlfriend if she had seen the figure. She said yes. And then the next morning, he said he was asking himself, was that a dream? Was that a nightmare? Did that really happen? So he asked his girlfriend about it again, and she was like, I don't want to talk about it. It was Hmm. too scary. Yeah, it seemed like he was saying that she agreed she had seen something, but yeah, didn't want to. She kind of wanted to put it out of her mind. So then... Zachary and Kate went and met with Kate's mom and dad at a restaurant, and Kate starts relaying the story to her parents. Kate's dad said, Zachary, is this true? With kind of, you know, a wink in his eye, kind of doubting his daughter's version of events. I guess he and Zachary had always kind of had this this closeness, and mm-hmm. so Zachary's like, no, it's really true. And the father is like, oh, wow, that's really surprising, you know, because, eh, Kate can kind of interpret things in a funny way sometimes. This isn't the first time she's said she's seen things. Right. She's had hauntings and things other times. But okay, you saw it too. Okay, okay. I guess she had witnessed a haunting at her relative's house. Then he let us know that they had gone on a break. Yes. So around February 2017... He said they took a break and he was just focusing on work. Now, this break seems to have lasted forever, but he characterized it as a break. Oh, yeah. They didn't get back together Mm -mm. after that. So, yeah, the end of 2016 or beginning of 2017, he had a friend getting married. And so he went out of town and he had his friend stay in his house. So we'll call her Bev. So Bev comes to watch his place and... 
like the first night she's there, she calls him like 30 times, he said. I don't know if this is hyperbole or what, but she's trying to get a hold of him urgently. So he ignores it for a while and finally picks up. And she said, the house came alive. Doors were slamming. The garage door was opening and closing. And he says that it's never worked properly since then or shortly thereafter it stopped working properly. The TV itself was turning off, I think. Yeah, turned itself off. And this time he added the detail that she had been smoking pot. Yeah, seems key, doesn't it? Relevant, perhaps. <laughs> you know, he said, she smokes all the time. And I asked her, did you get a new strain or something? And she said, no, 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 it's just my usual thing. You know, nothing out of the ordinary here. You know, I'm not hallucinating. And apparently she left right after that. So she's not a very good house sitter. <laughs> Uh, and he so we don't recommend Bev for <laughs> watching your house. He also said, again, you know, she's not some believer. She's a skeptic. And he said, at most, she's spiritual. She believes in good vibes. Then he returned a week later, and he didn't see anything awry, really. It's like the house pretty much looks normal. But Bev came back to visit at one point, and she just wouldn't even go in. Mm -hmm. And he, I guess he spent a little too much time in the house while she was trying to get going. And so she ran in and grabbed him and was like, we gotta go, we gotta go. We shouldn't be in this house. There's something here. There's bad vibes. And I don't know if she was feeling that from outside while she was waiting for him, and that's why she came in to grab him. I think it was like he was taking too long. So she ran in to grab him, but she didn't want to stay in there. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Then he had another friend, we'll call her Melissa, come and check on the house again while he was out. And she just made a quick circuit of the house. He did clarify when we asked that she had heard the stories. Mm -hmm. All of them so far had heard the stories. Right. She felt as she walked around just the living room and kitchen area, these hostile feelings mm -hmm. and really creeped out. So... Now, he doesn't have any pets or plants or anything. He, Why are people checking on his house? Is that something people do when they don't have pets and plants? This is a good point. Yeah. Didn't think to ask that. I mean, maybe people do. I mean, that's the reason I have you come to my house is to check on Ella. Yeah. Or my tomato plants. Very good point. Anyway. Yeah, so she just felt really creeped out, apparently. And then more recently, he had a story where he'd been playing PUBG, which I guess is a popular game. He let us know that he was winning. Yes, that's important. <laughs> Hashtag winning. And he felt cold behind his head and felt like something was watching him. Yeah, he and said, it just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. Now, this happened the night before, so it was April 12th. So very fresh haunting experience. So, okay, we've got stuff to look for. Yeah. And then there was another interesting piece of information he fed us about... The neighborhood, there was a house. The oh, way, gosh, yeah. The way he described it, it was just catter corner across the street and one house down. But it was a little farther down the street. But there was another place in his development track. There were a lot of houses very similar. He was near a cul-de-sac on his particular street. But there are many houses in this area. And one of them had had a murder-suicide. Yeah. Where the father had killed his children and wife and then himself. Yeah, awful. D terrible, terrible but story. But he was kind of saying maybe there's just an evil presence like in this area even. And I asked him if he'd 
compared notes with any other neighbors. And he said, no, no, it's not the sort of thing you want to talk to people about. You don't want them to think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Fair enough. He also had a roommate who came in and out during all this time. And I guess his roommate had gotten depressed, had insomnia, had problems with his girlfriend. And Zachary said, and and this keeps happening. Like anybody who comes here has relationship problems. All the relationships end. None of mine have been successful. And it is the house. Right, though he did describe one person who'd lived there for a while and his relationships were just fine. So we had to wonder, will this break up Ross and Carrie in the show? (laughs) Probably. Will it drive a stake between us? (laughs) Betwixt. Oh, I also asked him if anybody experienced any sickness in the house. He said there was one friend who got nauseous, but it felt like he was kind of reaching for it because I asked. Someone wrote me to correct the other day when I said nauseous instead of nauseated. Oh my God, I hate that. I hate that. You that do? person can go to hell on the elevator. Now, does that make you nauseous or does uh, that make you nauseated? Nauseous is an accepted form well, of the word nauseated It's now. funny too, the page they sent me said that essentially, that it's just become accepted usage now. Mm-hmm. But for people who want to remain sticklers, mm, yes. <laughs> these are the sorts of things we get emails about. That's true. The next big development was that he brought in a local paranormal group. So now he's really taking this seriously. Sometimes you hear these stories and it's like, I think there's something in my house, but they haven't done anything about it. They don't seem to care that much. At some point, it rises to the level of events that you say, you know what? I'm seeing a pattern here. This is a haunted place. Yeah, I got to do something about this. Yeah, right. Let's bring in some quote unquote experts. So he brings in a paranormal society from the area and they came in with all their freaking gadgets their EMF like meter, us. obviously. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Their EMF meter, their thermal camera. And one thing goods. we didn't have, a psychic. <laughs> That's true. It's funny. It's like playing one of those games where you need to form a group and one person has to play the medic. You're like, oh, I don't want to be the <laughs> medic. I want to be the warrior. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I got to be the healer. Oh, you get to cast Like when a- you're playing Pandemic? Any of these games. Team Fortress, Warcraft. PUBG. I don't know PUBG, but yeah, someone's got to play that role. So it seems like in every paranormal group, you've got the psychic. Someone's got to play that role. Yeah, you got to get a medium in there. So this was a male medium, and he came in and said that he felt a female presence Mm -hmm. that was protective of Zachary Mm -hmm. and maybe a little jealous. Jealous of any of his love interests. Of women around him. And yet there also seemed to be an older spirit that was very that angry. Was male. Yeah, male and mad. Male and mad. Oh, like anger from inside out. That's what I'm going to picture in this house now. Good job, San Francisco. You ruined pizza. <laughs> that always makes me think of my friend Matthew. So all the psychic really delivered information-wise was that the spirit was a female and that, yeah, she was like jealous or whatever. This feels like information you could get just from the setup, you know? He also Zachary sang, oh, said that girls get chased out. The house had a sadness to it. Mm, uh-huh. It just seems like a fraught thing to tell a yeah, that's person true. who lives in a house. That's true. He may have said other things, but that's what was relayed to us, at right. least as the salient points. They also had captured various images because they set up their cameras. I guess one of them was his camera, we learned later on. And they saw a few different things. He said that one of his friends was watching 
live via streaming. Yeah. Which we thought was weird. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're thinking is this paranormal society just setting up like a live cam? Yeah, giving out a, a URL and a password for his friends. Turns out this was the camera that Zachary owned. We learned much later after much prodding and question asking. But I guess he had seen a figure in the video feed that was a silhouette and it had red glowing eyes or orange glowing eyes, depending on when the story was being told. And when you say he saw it, you mean the friend, not Zachary, his friend. And so Zachary goes to watch the footage and he said 30 seconds were missing. I never got to see it because, yeah, there was this big chunk of time missing. Now, I remembered like, oh, that doesn't sound quite right and went back to his email. And sure enough, in the email, he had said he was the one who saw the eyes. So I didn't point that out. I just said, so you never saw the eyes? He said, nope, never saw them. Are you sure? Yep, I'm sure. Never saw them. I don't think this guy's lying, but I do think this is an example of how bad our memories can be. All of our memories. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. We're not pointing out Zachary as being particularly Mm -mm. at fault. Every time we remember something and run it through again, we alter it slightly Mm -hmm. and add additional pieces from other experiences and our own confabulation. And our own telling. I have memories that I'm like, I remember this because I've told the story so many times. So I'm going back to the story to fill in the visuals and the sounds and Mm -hmm. stuff. But it could have happened differently. And now at this point, I wouldn't recall because I've told it so many times. And as I detect small inconsistencies, I smooth them out, Mm -hmm. fix them. So all of these things are relevant to be thinking of when you hear these stories, which is why you should capture them early, as soon as you can, get them down on paper. Put them on a flash drive and label it. So he's referring to all these photos. There's also an orb photo. He doesn't describe it as an orb photo, but it's a photo taken near his bed that has a ghost on it. And then there's one that (laughs) sounds really intriguing. He says that also from this video feed, they captured just one image out of the feed that had a woman, an outline of a woman in front of his TV, standing over by the coffee table, very close to the couch where his girlfriend had been sleeping earlier and felt that presence. So And there was like a blue haze. And so when he described all of these things, we said, oh, great. Well, can we can see we them? Can we see those? And he said, ooh. I'll have to look around. I've, I will look. I've got like terabytes, just terabytes I'll of see. saved. I've known you were coming for six or seven weeks, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I had almost wanted to ask in advance, can you send these? And then you thought but he's thought, on it. Well, we'll see it when we, when get, we get there. there. Like who who in the right mind would have two people come from out of state and not look this up? And then I'm he says, on him. He's a sweetie. He is. But later on, he's saying things like, I delete a lot of stuff. If you have a ghost in your house and you capture photos of it, you save that shit. You don't delete you it. You put it right up on Facebook, first of all. You leave it on your desktop. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah, it should be, it should in a be folder. your background. Yeah. A, <laughs> right. <laughs> at least you have a folder that says ghost photos. Right. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. But he said, oh, I'm going to have to go through. He kept saying so many terabytes. Oh, I'm just going to have to go through all those terabytes. And the way, <laughs> way he was saying it made, made it sound like he didn't really want to find it. Yeah. But to his credit, he did start going through his. He started. He had trouble finding it. He ended up finding them through a friend. In fact, the friend who had watched the live feed had captured some of these images and was able to send them, but not the one with the two glowing eyes. Ross never saw it. This became a recurring theme throughout the weekend where we'd ask him, hey, can we talk to Kate? Mm -hmm. No. Can we talk to Bev? Can we talk to Mm -hmm. Melissa? Can we talk to the, the friend watching the feed? And he would 
kind of say, oh, I don't know, let me ask. And he'd sort of wander off and call them from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And Text them. Always wondered, like, how much does he actually want to connect with them? But then he would follow through on some of the things. So, so he right. was making a good faith effort to show us what he could. So we did get to connect with Melissa, and she just said, I didn't witness anything I would call paranormal, but there was just a really weird energy in the house. I don't like it in there. And she also said, my tip for you would be that you need to get Zachary out of there Mm -hmm. because the spirits are like pretty calm around him, but when he's gone, that's when the shit goes down. And that seemed like an especially good tip if that was true about a woman being jealous Mm-hmm. Or even the ghosts focusing on the women. The women. Yeah. yeah. So and we took that into advisement. And we had also decided that at some point, Carrie's got to be alone in here because if they're just obsessive about women, then, you know, if there's a bunch of dudes around, maybe the ghost will be scared off. We did ask if we could talk to the original girlfriend, and he said they just. Absolutely not. Yeah, they're just not in a place. The breakup was bad. Yeah. Can't talk. He told us more details later we won't share. There are more details about Zachary himself. He's a fascinating person that I wish we could share, but we do want to preserve his anonymity. We won't share too much. You know what we will share, though? I would be really excited to share some quality entertainment from MaximumFun.org. Oh, I am willing to go in on that with you and share that right up. Here it is. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Titan Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and No, that was some good stuff. So another thing that happened while the paranormal investigators were at his house, the first team of paranormal investigators, Mm. us being the second, Mm -hmm. is they brought an EMF meter and they put it on his bed and it started going off. That's right. Yeah, it had a red light and a green light, which is different from ours. And they would ask it questions like, are you a man? And it would light red. And then are you a female? And then green would light up. So... They determined from this that, yes, indeed, it was a female spirit. And we we're like, wow, sounds pretty yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. So after dinner, we went to his place, mm-hmm. got to meet it for the first time. Yep, we got to meet that house. And it doesn't look like a haunted house. It's not what you expect. It's pretty modern. Yeah, the house was built in 1989. Uh, the same year Drew was built. Kara had done some research in advance and pulled up a report on the house. The weird thing is it had belonged to 30 different people who had lived in it since it was built. So that's a pretty fast turnover rate. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, we should compare that to some other houses on the street and see if it's just the area or- Or the haunting. Or the haunting. So So wait, is that 30 different owners or just tenants? I would assume tenants. Okay. Because it is a rented out house. Maybe, but yeah, that's still a lot. So that's interesting for Mm -hmm. sure. And as far as 
We could tell from the records there were no deaths that had happened there. Wasn't built on an ancient Indian burial ground, or was it? I doubt it. How would the Indian people, why would they move all their their dead bodies from India to here? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So, okay, probably not. So I did ask Zachary before we even like started, how open are you to the idea that this isn't a paranormal event, Mm -hmm. that we can explain it some other way? And he said, totally open. I would love that to be true. That would mean my house is safe. So we're like, great. Cool. We're going to look at both possibilities. We came in through the garage, and as you come in, you enter into the main room. There's a very tall ceiling, Mm -hmm. and so you're looking at the living room and that couch facing the TV. There's a shelf with lots of movies. There's various posters on the wall. Toward the back, there's more of an open room, and on the other side of this sort of central island slash wall, there's a kitchen to the left. Nice big kitchen. Yeah, it was a it was a nice cozy place, I thought. Mm-hmm. And then to your left, there's a staircase going up and there's a couple upstairs bedrooms, mm-hmm. a bathroom up there. And a loft. And then to the left on the first floor, there's another bedroom that's his bedroom. It's a big place, but it is not scary. I kind of expected to walk in and be like, okay, like I see why this creeps somebody out. Yeah, it just but felt it like- is, it was such an ordinary place. Right. Yeah, I would have thought I was just visiting my new buddy's house. Mm-hmm. Which and you were. Which was. So we started staking out places to sleep and I immediately said, I want to sleep on the couch and have my head right where hers was when she had the encounter. <laughs> in the hopes that something will come really close to my face and I will scream. Yes, or that I'll see the lady standing over by the- TV, which is like right in front of you. So that was my stage claim. Enjoy, Ross. I'm going to go upstairs to this bed. (laughs) Yeah, there was a guest room up there. And he said there hadn't been any particular sightings there, though I'm sure the door was involved in the various door openings and closings. Right. All the slammings. The noted slammings of 2015. There was a bed toward the back, and Chris Shelton chose that. Kind of in the living room area. Just a, a little beyond where I was on the couch. So he and I were pretty close to each other. Yeah, it was, you know what? It was kind of like a boy floor and a girl floor. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. right. Because Zachary was on the first floor with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't that. thought about it either. So he showed us around. We talked for a while. We talked movies. We talked guns. <laughs> At least Chris, sure Chris and did. Zachary did. Yep. And I commend Chris for his handling of that conversation. Zachary is not of the same political persuasion Mm -hmm. as we are, but he's very open to friendly conversation about Mm -hmm. it. And he's got a lot of ideas, but he'll listen to yours. And there Mm -hmm. was a lot of back and forth. So that particular night, there was a lot of discussion about gun regulation. Right. Mostly between Chris and Zachary. Yep. I think we were trying to kind of keep our focus on the ghost issue and not get too derailed. But I was happy that Chris was (laughs) handling that battle. (laughs) So we started setting up our equipment. We wanted to make sure that we would catch any of these electronic voice phenomena or uh, some ghosts walking across the room that maybe our camera would pick up. Because, hey, Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. the night of. So I set up a tripod right next to where Chris was sleeping, facing in toward the living room. So we'd get a view on the place where that woman had been standing and where I was and seeing towards the staircase. It was a very narrow field of view on that camera too so i wanted Mm. to get as far to the back of the room as possible but yeah the infrared was working great this was my first time using 
any of this stuff because yeah, me too. Amazon had missed the delivery two days in a row, right? And I got this package minutes before I had to leave for the airport. So I was sitting out on my stoop, angrily waiting, like, "Where is that package?" I was <laughs> freaking out all day. Anyways, so I was unwrapping all this stuff and trying to figure it out for the first time. So we got the infrared working. It was pretty fun too to try out that flashlight because you can't see it with the naked eye. Right. It's outside the visible range. But then when you've got the camera on, then you can see this light turn on. It was yeah. Pretty cool, like it's, secret ink. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Hey. Yeah. I loved secret ink when I was a kid. Nice. And we also took out the EMF meter, turned it on, left it on the coffee table and thought if a ghost passes right over it, it'll wake Ross up. Though you took the EMF meter first and you tested out the whole bed hypothesis. Oh, that's right. I did that that night. Okay. So I said, well, let's check out this bed that has such strong ghost energy. Mm -hmm. Went in there, I had it on. And as I walked toward the bed, it's like, boop, 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 you know, sensing something. I get on the bed and put the EMF meter in the center of the bed, and it goes gangbusters. <laughs> so I said, Is there anything plugged in right here? And he said, well, it's an electric bed. <laughs> and so he said, oh, well, could you try unplugging that? He unplugged it. Stop making noises. Yep. Hmm. This so. might, just might, explain why you were getting EMF signals before. Now, we should say no one has ever explained why ghosts should be emitting EMF electromagnetic frequencies. Why would they? Who knows? Why, yeah, do, no, why do they wear clothes? It's completely circular reasoning. Ghosts are on EMF waves because we have documented that ghosts are on EMF waves, which we know because other people <laughs> said that ghosts use EMF waves. Why would they not be visible in the 400 nanometer to 700 nanometer range of visible light on the electromagnetic frequency spectrum, whereas they are somehow visible in infrared? That right. is never explained either. That's not, nope. Why do they only come out at night? Why do they love orbs? Yeah, why do they shape themselves as balls? So none of these are sufficiently explained, but hey, we're going to play by the, the ghost the rules, rules of the game. And at this point, we haven't seen any of the images that have only been described to us. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of testing out what we can. So after we did this little experiment, I said to Zachary, okay, so this is what the machine actually tests is electromagnetic field. And, you know, this is an electric bed. I think it was just emitting energy and it picked up on that. Right. You know, he was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, mm -hmm. I, I could see him kind of processing that as like, okay, the, there's one pin knocked down. Right. Okay. Check. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was receptive to that. And we're explaining a bit about how EMF works. When I set up the infrared camera on the tripod, I put it in a mode where it was motion activated. Hmm. So it would start recording if it sensed movement. Okay. I thought maybe that way we can keep it going throughout the night and not run out of memory. Unless it's just a bunch of ghosts dancing around. In which case, Worth we'll it. get about 90 minutes of really quality footage. <laughs> we also unpacked the trail camera and ended up mounting it on, I think, a speaker box or something right behind the couch, sort of facing the room, but from a different angle. And that was also motion triggered. So it's camouflage and it's got multiple lenses heading out that are the motion triggers. And then it's got one lens that actually takes images. So that one's all set and ready to go. We've got the EMF detector on and sitting at the edge of the coffee table. Mm -hmm. So it can pick up any strange activity and that would wake us up. 
Right. At first, we were talking about maybe taking shifts. We were all exhausted, though. So tired. Yeah. And we knew we'd be there another night. We were up pretty late, though. The last footage I have from that night is me triggering the camera as I'm getting up to plug in my phone around 1.45 in the morning. How do you know that was you? Whoa. What? That was probably a ghost who looks just like you. One last thing we did before going to bed, we all huddled around our voice recorder. That's another piece of equipment that we brought, Mm -hmm. which we use for recording the podcast. And we decided to record some EVPs, Mm -hmm. electronic voice phenomenon. If you've listened to our Queen Mary episode, you may remember that. Mm -hmm. And so we all asked a bunch of questions about whether anyone could hear us. Are you a man? So what you do is you ask a question, you leave a bunch of dead air, you Mm -hmm. won't hear anything in the room. But then when you play the tape back, you may find that there are otherworldly voices on the tape. And I did a much better job this time of making sure our EVPs didn't get misunderstood. Carrie noted any extraneous noises coming over the air. Because you don't really realize how many sounds you are hearing until you try to get an EVP and mark every noise. And be utterly silent. You realize everything occurring around you. Yeah, they'll just be like, oh, okay, that was a sniffle. Okay, we heard something in the other room. Oh, the house just settled. There's a bunch of sounds. And this reminds us of our Queen Mary episode. Right. So if anybody heard the Queen Mary episode, which was a few years ago now, we went on the Queen Mary and we took a bunch of EVPs on this supposedly haunted ship. And when we got home, we listened to them and there was a lot of dead air, but there was one ghostly voice that said something that sounded like, go eat French fries, right? <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. After we did our updates episodes, a lot of people wrote and said, hey, whatever happened with the EVP? Because we were going to send it to an expert to listen to it. Yes, we were going to send it to Haley Stevens in the UK, who does sort of ghost hunting analysis from an evidence-based perspective. Mm-hmm. So I did, I sent it to her. She was basically like, this could be so many millions of things I really don't know without having been there to take the tape. Right. And that was kind of the response I got from other audio people I sent it to is like, I don't know, could be a million things, but it, probably not a ghost because what's the odds of a ghost being in a room, Gary? Right. Fair sometimes, enough. Sometimes that's the best answer. <laughs> yeah. But I do recall that when we were in that room taking the footage, there was one moment where the other man in the room put his foot on a table and it just ever so slightly moved. And I remember thinking several seconds later, oh shoot, I probably should have said the table moved. So that was probably the go get french fries moment. Probably. But I don't know because I didn't do a good enough job ghost hunting at the time. I didn't feel like I could wager all my bets on that hypothesis. But this time, I was not going to let it happen. You live, you learn, you go to Arizona. You get loves. And hunt ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we will analyze our EVPs and let you know how they go. Yeah, we'll do a follow-up episode with Chris Shelton. Mm-hmm. He's going to report on this, too. So check it out. And, and we're uh, also going to follow up with Zachary and see, see how, how he's, he's doing. doing. And we'll share our notes. Which I guess is kind of a spoiler. He does survive this episode. He's not killed by a ghost. Oh, man. That's a good thing. We like Zachary. Yeah, for sure. This is all still pretty fresh. We're recording this not too long after we got back, and I haven't even downloaded that audio off of the recorder yet. So who knows? Maybe someone says, get out. Yeah, maybe. 
We'll see. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, that's a great film. Really good. But a mean sentiment, not nice. Well, in the movie, it's protective. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm. But when Beast yells it at Belle, he has to apologize oh, for right. that later. Yes, yes. But then there's something sweet and almost kind. But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined. <laughs> but now he's dear. He's so unsure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh- <laughs> I wonder why I didn't see it there before. Okay, so I woke up the next morning, went over to grab my phone again and turn off the camera mm-hmm. and review the footage. And the only thing that had triggered the camera, both of the cameras throughout the night, was me waking up in the morning. You could see me using my phone at some point right before I put it away. And that was the last thing. And then at 8.40, when I finally got up, that was the next footage. So nothing during the night had triggered the camera. For all right, what, all right, all right. For whatever reason. And the EMF detector, as far as we know, had not gone off. Didn't go off. Now it's daytime. Ghosts don't do anything in the daytime. So we're just hanging out at this point. We're all doing our separate things, checking up on social media or whatever. And then we go out to lunch. Where did we go? Oh, we got pasta. Yeah, pizza for me. Chris got lasagna. I got some spaghetti. This is good podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it was that morning that my bedroom door opened by itself. Oh, that's right. Yes. Poor Zachary. This freaked him out so bad. I thought I was just sharing a funny anecdote. Oh, I loved when you told him, because we'd already talked about it. uh, But when you said, oh, my door did open on its own this morning, Mm -hmm. he just stopped and his mouth dropped and and his eyes were wide open. He was genuinely scared by that. He said, it shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And I said, well... You know, pressure moves through a house. Yeah, or a breeze or whatever. Nope, there are no breezes here. And I did not turn on the AC yet. Yeah, okay, okay. So as you guys were talking, I went up and I just kind of gently pushed on the door. Just to see how resilient it is. Because I noted using the bathroom upstairs right next to it that that door didn't even close all the way. Uh, Neither did mine. Yeah, it would. I mean, it would close. It just didn't like latch securely. Right. You close the door and you feel that metal piece stick in the jam. Right. And in this case, you, it doesn't. It never locks in. Right. So with the bathroom, you just think, oh, well. It's also really hot. The door may have expanded in the heat. Yeah. With two fingers just barely pushed on Carrie's closed door and it pops, pops right, right open. open. I did the same a little bit later and I was able to push it open with a finger. So we explained that and he was still a little impressed by it. We went out later for dinner as well. And we looked around at hot spots around town together. But as night was falling, the second night, he was finally locating some of these images yes. that he talked about. So, oh, good. All right. We get some of these images to look at. And that his friend sent over for him. So he had them on his phone and he shared them with us and we're pulling them up and trying to expand them. So the one in his room mm-hmm. was from the far side of the bed mm-hmm. facing toward the door, the entrance. Door and window. At first, Carrie looked at this and she said, oh, wow, that's a very significant light. Yeah, because I thought that's what he was trying to capture right. was this one like beam of light like, in the wow, center of the photo. Yeah, okay, did, yeah, I that's see. That's that's powerful. reasonable. He said, oh, no, 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 that's, no, no, that's not it. That's a flashlight from another investigator. This is it. And to the left of the image, right over the bedpost, you can see this ghosted orb. Yeah, if or, you really want to see it. Or lens flash. Yeah, it's subtle. It is so subtle. Subtle. That when you pointed it, it out to me. It is subtle. You, you pointed to it and said, no, 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 he means this. 
I looked at him like, look at Ross here. He thinks <laughs> he thinks that you think that this is a ghost. And he's like, yeah, that thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, well, here we go. Let's try to recreate this. And so we had an infrared camera. So I brought that over and tried to get it in the exact same spot, angle upward, had Chris hold the light, the infrared flashlight in the same exact spot. Okay, a little to the right a little farther away from you up okay good yeah you got the spot and then i had carrie sit where there was a woman the original image who was kind sitting of on the bed leaning over so i had carrie take the same spot on the bed my goal was to see if we could get some recreate it lens flares yeah because if we can make the same thing using natural means then that suggests that we don't have to fill in the gap with a ghost We can just assume, oh, maybe the exact same thing happened when you took the original photo. And I'm guessing our camera had far more lens elements to it because we got multiple lens flares Mm -hmm. that showed up, but very clearly in the same area, same. It was a pretty solid recreation, I think. And so had Zachary come over and said, hey, look at this. And so he looks at the live feed on the camera and he says, oh, yeah, no, that's that's it. That's what Mm -hmm, it is. Mm hmm. And I said, do you feel better? And he said, yeah, there's not a ghost in my bed. So both of his bedroom occurrences, except for the floating apparition, we've now kind of explained to his satisfaction. And it was at this moment, I'm standing over by the edge of his bed and I look down on his nightstand. And if you've got books in your house and I come in, I'm going to check them. I can't help it. If Mm -hmm. I see books, I've got it. What books do you got? Which book is it? And so there's a book there and I look down and it says Hitler's War. Oh, okay. We've got a World War II thing by David Irving. Noted Holocaust denier, David Irving. What? That's David, like the one in the movie Denial. That's like the most famous Holocaust denier. Uh Huh? Huh. And then if you're me, did you have the sort of, I don't know, the kind of mind fuck where you're like, well, wait, that's a book I'd have in my house. Right. If anyone I, saw our reading habits, yeah, they'd be like, they'd what think, kind of freaky people mm-hmm. are these? In fact, I have some Hitler books on my shelf that people have given me grief about. There you go. Except they're by Ian Kershaw. And yeah, that's different. That is different. But we did bring this up in conversation lightly much later. And he had some questions about the Holocaust, but we got... I think we, we, got we let him settled. know that it did, in fact, happen. Gave him some resources to look into. It, anyway. Zachary's a very trusting person, I think. Yeah. And and a very open person. So Definitely. we were able to talk those things out. Anyways, also, we had the image from his security camera or whatever camera it was that had been set up. Uh, it was In his living room. Yeah, very wide angle. And it was up from near where Chris's bed was on top of a tv or at least that seemed like the closest location highly wide angle view that saw the ceiling and the stairs in the background and the tv and Uh, a door to the kitchen with with people people. standing in the doorway yeah so only two lights seem to be on one in that entryway and one over in the kitchen and this was the one that had the blue glow Mm -hmm. this was supposed to be the silhouette of a woman and it wasn't at all like what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. The only thing I could really ascertain was this blue, hazy, fuzzy thing on the ground next to the TV stand. So seeing that little shape had kind of informed the way he viewed the other shapes in the image and suggested somehow a woman standing there. There was a reflection on the TV and there was a slight blueness 
to that transition between the dark part of the TV and the reflected light. Right. And so he felt that continued up from the haze on the ground and made a woman. But what we could all agree on was, okay, there is some sort of blue blob in Mm -hmm. this photo. So let's focus on that because we all agree that's there. They told us it was only one frame, but unfortunately we didn't have any preceding frames or following frames to compare it with. So it was really tough because thought, oh, is it like a a sweater on the ground? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it a backpack? Right. What is this thing? Is someone moving past quickly? So it definitely, though, looked like something. And at this point, I felt, oh, this is the most significant thing I think we've seen that Mm -hmm. makes me ask, what is this thing? It looks like a thing. That we've actually been able to view Mm -hmm. because there are other things he's told us that are amazing, but he has no record of. So I'm setting up our camera putting it in normal color mode because this was a color image. It wasn't infrared. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to recreate this, but the field of view is very narrow on this camera. So I can't quite match what we were looking at, but I'm trying to get the same place and angle. And then I think you asked him, well, hey, did the camera belong to you? Mm Because it sounded like he was saying that. And he said, oh, yeah, I've got him somewhere. (laughs) Can you get them? (laughs) So many times he would just kind of throw something out there and we'd say, well, tell us more yeah. like th- <laughs> yeah. be some very obvious details right. that we had to pry out of them so he's, oh yeah yeah uh let me look for him they're right behind the tv yeah you had them right there oh let me plug them in okie dokie <laughs> might be relevant let's use those yep so it was a camera called flur yeah f-l-i-r which normally is forward-looking infrared but i guess it's also just a brand name hmm. this okay. wasn't particularly a flir image but we eventually got that powered up. We hooked it up in the same location. And there was an app that he ran on his iPad that let you watch the feed in real time. And in fact, that is how his friend was able to watch it clear across the state border in Ventura, California. Finally, that makes sense. Yeah. So Carrie's given me instructions. Okay, rotate slightly to left. And okay, let's adjust the light down a bit. We're trying to mm-hmm. recreate the situation as much as possible. We're holding like... Four different cell phones looking at each picture and looking at the camera at the same time and trying to match everything. And then we try various things. So we throw out a sweater, see if that, nope, that's way too solid looking on the image. So it's something fuzzier than that. Uh, Let's try just like jerking the camera for a second and see if there's like an artifact of moving it. Okay, no, that doesn't quite work. And then Carrie had a brilliant thought. Well, I said... You know, I think maybe this is close to the lens and is like a dust particle or something because I was looking at it and I felt like there was just a tiny, tiny blackish haze to the left of the blue. And in your vision where there is a black wall, we wouldn't be able to necessarily make out that little black edge Mm -hmm. of the dust molecule. But if you know it's there, you start to see it. So my hypothesis was, and this isn't even an object on the floor. This is something really close to the lens. Right. The way the image is laid out, it's so easy just to interpret that as this object in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as you see that it sort of continues and there's a shape that overlaps the wall much closer to the camera, you realize, oh, this is something floating. And then that reminded us of all the cases where you've had, say, these angelic visions show up on gas station cameras for a couple frames and then later on it turns out there was just a bug flying Mm -hmm. very close that happened to catch the light in such a way 
with the frame rate of the camera that it looks like an angel or a ghost or whatever it may be. And suddenly my ghost hunting understanding orbs book comes in handy. Yeah. Because the three of us, you and I and Chris, are all kind of like, oh, yeah, this is what makes the most sense. I think Zachary is still skeptical. So I pulled out my book and I started showing him pictures. And I said, hey, listen, this is written by a ghost hunter. This isn't someone just trying to disprove everything. Mm -hmm. And here's a picture of dust really close to the lens. And he looked at it and he said, yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> yep. There you go. And we also showed him a lens flare in there too, mm -hmm. just to reinforce what we talked about earlier. And so we tried various things. We threw lint down in front of the camera. Yep. We got crap out of his vacuum and tried to <laughs> just throw that in front of the camera, which he did not want. He was you, like, I, oh gosh, okay, I, I cleaned it up in here a lot, but okay. okay. He, he keeps a pretty tight ship there. Yeah. So. He didn't want a sprinkling dust on the ground. But we did it. We did. He also, this was a great idea of his, Zachary brought a candle over and yeah. burned it and then snuffed it out right mm -hmm. underneath the camera lens. Which did have a cool effect that a person might interpret as a ghost, oh, but it didn't look like our ghost it photo. didn't look like our ghost photo, but it was kind of a light, wispy haze. Mm -hmm. Definitely could have been positively identified as a ghost. 100%. In, in other circumstances. So after we'd exhausted those options, we'd gotten kind of close, but no cigar. We also then talked about just the nature of compression. This image mm -hmm. was very low light, mm -hmm. so there wasn't too much data to it. It was also saved off of this live feed at a low frame rate. And one thing I could point out was that if I, say, stuck my hand out very quickly in front of the camera and then brought it back, you could see the feed slowly fill in mm -hmm. those missing pixels and it would kind of distort and waver and be blocky and then it would resolve again. Yeah. And so it wasn't a perfect feed and there was a lot of artifacting introduced by the camera itself and by the saving of the file. So you'll know more about this than I do. Compression, basically, like the camera says, okay, I'm not going to take in as much information as I normally would because I want to save on data. So I'm just going to take in little pieces of information and fill in pixels with like similar colors from what's surrounding it. Is that right? Yeah. So okay, cool. a, a full resolution image with individual details for every single pixel takes a lot of bandwidth and processing. Mm -hmm. And so this is a small USB charged camera that's sending wirelessly data to this iPad. And so to save on all of that process, it reduces it vastly. Right. And so when it does that, then the file format has to guess at certain things. And that's right. where you get all this blockiness. You'll see it on older DVDs. You pop them in mm -hmm. and just see all these little blocky fuzzy Or bits. the ones that you buy at like the 99 cent store. Right. Yeah. And I opened up the photo and I made it really, really big and looked at that blue blob. And in the center of the blue blob, there were two just like solid blue pixels. Mm. So I feel like that was kind of evidence for that hypothesis as well. Right. And he had mentioned the significance of the fact that it was blue. But then we pointed out other parts of the nearby wall that uh, also, also have a blue haze. Patches of blue. I guess right. maybe the ghosts are there too. So that was about as far as we could recreate that and explain that and said, this is, you know, still the most difficult to explain, but this is probably something like what it is. And that seemed to please him as well. Yeah. He was like, okay, so you don't think it's a ghost? And we said, no, we really don't. And he said, okay, okay. You know what might have made it easier for us to see the ghost, though? It would have helped if we'd had, say, 
2020 vision. Exactly. If we had had good contacts in, I bet we could have seen the ghost. Like maybe contacts from Simple Contacts. It's funny you'd mention Simple Contacts because support for Ono, Ross, and Carrie comes in part from Simple Contacts. What? They're the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts. I can't believe it. I really just brought up Simple Contacts because I love them. But while we're on the subject, if you need to renew your prescription, you can take a five-minute vision test from your phone or computer. It's reviewed by a licensed doctor, and you receive a renewed prescription, and then you reorder your contacts. So have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo or your doctor's information, and order your lenses. Now, I believe your lovely wife, Kara has done this process. Yeah, she wears contacts, and so we tried out the process with her. She does already have a prescription, which Mm -hmm. you do need, but you can then take your test through their website. I recommend just using a phone. They have an app that you can download. So then they had me place the phone a certain distance away from her, and she stood there and read the letters as they popped up. And then they they also, before that, they wanted us to shoot video of her eyes as she was looking to the left and and up just to Mm -hmm. see high quality video of how her eyes look, the general health of them. So it was pretty cool. They then had their doctors look at this within the next day. We were approved and we had contacts coming our way. Simple. You might might say simple. simple. And if you want to be just like Cara Blotcher, you can get $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash oh no. Or just enter the code ONO at checkout. And then you'll be married to me. (laughs) That is what will happen as a result of you getting these contacts. Yes. Also know, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Don't even try. Yeah, you're not going to find some special way to get around seeing a doctor here. Nope. That's not what's going on. This is a legitimate operation. That's right. That wants to get you contacts. (laughs) Operation. But we didn't have our contacts. We just had our regular eyes. So we kept going with what we had. Another thing we talked about with Zachary that night, besides The Last Jedi, we had a long and impassioned discussion about that, was his vision from early on when he had been paralyzed in bed. Yes. So this is where I mentioned that there's this thing called... Sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Hypnopompic hallucinations, hypnagogic going into sleep, hypnopompic coming out of sleep. And that many people experience this. And the paralysis is due to your body still being in the sleep state, Mm -hmm. shuts down your muscular responses just to keep you from flailing wildly while you're asleep. What people might not realize is that when you're asleep, your body locks that shit down. Just smart. Because if it doesn't do that properly, then you're a sleepwalker. Right. Which can be dangerous. Now, sleep paralysis is most common in adolescents and kids. Most people grow out of it, but adults do get it. Oh, yeah. And he also mentioned that when he woke up, he had screamed as he woke up. He was just in utter terror, but not at anything. And that seems to be indicative of a night terror, which is another thing that uh, happens alongside all sorts of sleep disorder symptoms. So just suddenly you wake up with this horrible fear. You sit up in bed, you scream. We've all seen this in the movies. That's called a night terror. My wife has experienced this, especially the sleep paralysis. I told him the story of how she had seen floating above her very much the same way he described this dark character, a woman who mm. was dressed in flowing white old Queen style Mab clothing. Queen Mab been with the... A very frightening image. Yeah. But she realized that these things happen, and so she was able to contextualize it that way. She's also numerous times seen in the closet near our bed 
hidden figures, people lurking in the the clothes back there. Yeah, really scary stuff. And so we explained to him this is often the inspiration behind the nightmare, the old Mm -hmm. hag, the incubus and the succubus, the witch, depending on what's culturally available. Right. It's Uh, also very likely at play in abduction stories. And the men in black. So now we have these modern culturally available explanations, but ghosts have been a mainstay through all of this. Mm -hmm. So when we see something like that, (laughs) then we can interpret it through that lens. My best friend Claire also has had this experience. She said when we were in high school, she told me like one night evil came to visit me and it was a black blob next to her bed. And I remember saying, well, was it? dark in the room and she said yeah it was pitch black and I said well how do you see a black shape in a black room and she said it was just somehow blacker like there's just this shape next to me that like I could feel it was evil and dead in the middle and completely black was it a hole no that would be something (laughs) this was was nothing. nothing is that from something never ending story ah okay because it felt familiar nothing But now she knows that that was just her brain. I'm very jealous of that in a weird sense. I know. I've never had anything like that. I I have had the dark shapes in the middle of the night where I see there's a man standing over in my corner. Oh, wow. And I'll just stare at him for a long time. Wait, this counts? I guess it does. Yeah, it's like what Kara sees in the closet. I've experienced that. And then I stare at him for a long time trying to resolve him because I figure there's something else here, but I'm seeing it as a person, Uh sometimes even slightly moving. And then eventually it resolves into, oh, that's a globe and Uh, that's a coat and uh that's my bookshelf. Okay, now I see it. Now it's the real thing. You know, I have a lot of trouble seeing things that other people will be like, oh, that looks like a face or whatever. Like, I, I have to work for it a little Your bit. Your pareidolia yeah, it's just not, is not, um, not high very alert. keen. So after we were explaining all of these factors to Zachary, he was taking all that in and saying, oh, wow, okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. And for him, that kind of settled was, the issue. And it was really reassuring for him. Which Right. Yeah, I think people, me included, I used to like not appreciate how this sort of thing can really help someone, someone who is living in fear, just to ex- explain to them like, hey, we have just as good a theory as your ghost theory. And, and maybe you're not in danger in your home. So as Chris and Carrie and I are all explaining this to Zachary, he's looking visibly relieved. And he yeah. says, guys, I'm so glad to hear that. On the second night before we went to bed, he was already convinced, I don't live in a haunted house. Yeah, This is great. Now, we didn't get to mention that earlier, you guys had all gone to Taco Bell. Yes. And I stayed alone in the house. Oh, that's right. We wanted to make sure you had some time by yourself so the ghost could torment you and goose you. (laughs) Right. Because loves ladies. Hang you from the ceiling. We were all expecting to come home and find you (laughs) (laughs) just kind of plastered to the roof. Right. That didn't happen. In fact, nothing happened. I just sat on that couch and I looked at my phone and I did take a little video for our Facebook friends, but ah. uh, which I haven't posted, but I will now. I had the infrared camera watching you the whole time. You know what? I remember because I picked my nose uh-huh. and then was like, <gasps> the camera. <gasps> now everyone's going to ask us for the footage of, of you me picking, picking nose, your nose. Yeah. You're, you'll never see it. 
but we had that just in case so we could monitor the situation right but yeah nothing happened no slamming no sounds nothing okay yeah and this is another aspect of investigating a phenomenon like this is that a you can't always fully reproduce everything Mm -hmm. and you go in sort of blind just hoping to track every piece down as far as you can. Mm -hmm. But I I think another difficulty is that he's telling stories from over the course of two plus years. Yeah. And to expect to come in in two nights and see or hear experience everything is... Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just statistically. Right. Unless you're really doing something to bring on these spirits. So that's always a difficulty as well coming in because you don't want to be dismissive and say, well, I didn't see anything the one night I was there, so you're not haunted. Right. That's why in these situations, the person who has experienced the haunting kind of has all of the investigatory power. We all just kept turning to him and saying like, are you satisfied? Do you feel better? You know, and it all just relied on making sure he felt comfortable in his home. Right. Unfortunately, Zachary was really open to hearing these explanations and being humble about it. I think a lot of people would double down and be like, no, 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 it has to be more complicated than that. But he really didn't. Right. This reminded me a lot of an investigation we did with the independent investigations group Mm -hmm. a number of years back. There was a woman who was living in a apartment complex in Hollywood. And we'd been invited over to check out a number of phenomenon. And there were just small things. There was a call box that hadn't been behaving properly at the front gate And then she had smelled nail polish, but had been, (laughs) I don't have nail polish, or I certainly didn't at the time. So I don't know where that phantom smell came from. There was ectoplasm on the floor of her kitchen. Oh, okay. That's what she said. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. And there were a couple other things, I think, with noises. Anyway, so one by one, we did the exact same thing. We just looked into them. Uh, our buddy Spencer was there with me. Okay. And he, uh, he figured Alla. out the call box issue. It was just, you know, some faulty wiring or programming on the call box. Did he fix it? I can't recall. Uh, okay. We'll say yes, because he's a <laughs> That's handyman, a better story, yeah. If he was able to. And then the acrylic smell turns out that her neighbor had been painting their house at that uh, time, uh-huh. uh, the walls. So it was just a paint smell, not necessarily nail polish. The ectoplasm was a fun story. So wait, let me just explain what ectoplasm is, if anybody doesn't know. It's this idea that, <laughs> well, ghosts will vomit up this like, white cheesecloth type stuff (laughs) that then is left behind after they leave. It's a very embarrassing remnant of the spiritualist movement. Yes, it's a long holdover from long ago when people were really phoning it in on mediums and psychics. You have such an intense spiritual presence that it manifests as this physical substance. So it that was, turned out to just literally be like cheesecloth and linen and stuff that people were right. hiding in their mouths. In this case, it was liquid that kept pooling in the center of her kitchen. Okay. And so we found a faint trail leading back up to her refrigerator <laughs> and we pulled it out from the wall and we found that there was a tray and the condenser mm. was just missing the tray and hitting ah. the floor. And so it would trickle down to the point of lowest gravity oh. and pool in her on her kitchen. It was it was slightly sticky, but it had been picking up gunk on the ground on its way over. She'd also had a light fixture, kind of like your door, a light fixture that had come down when she when she had said or done something in particular, made a loud noise, or mm. she was practicing. It felt a, like it punctuated an, that moment. An acting line. Yeah, something like that. Turns out that the light fixture 
was just barely held in. One of those mm. things where you just tap it and it falls out. Oh, dear. So we demonstrated all these things for her one at a time. And she had moved out on her own to California from a, another state. And she had just been afraid. And oh, yeah. after we explained all these things, she felt better. That's so great. So it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, that's really nice. I think a lot of these ghost experiences just come from a lot of unrelated phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Anomalies. Any anomaly gets counted and pulled into a larger narrative. And it all depends on what you've been taught. If you've been taught that people survive their bodies and haunt buildings, then that's one available explanation to you for mm-hmm. anything you experience. It's funny, like those things you just listed, my mind would just never come up with the explanation that there was a ghost because of nail polish, at least at this point in my life, right? right? Because it's just not an available explanation to me. But, but when it's lumped in with all these other little things. It's yeah, and when that's already of kind of in your brain that, ghosts exist, then sure. That becomes supporting evidence. Right. We didn't mention you did test for carbon monoxide. I did. And there was no carbon monoxide, which is good. That was the first thing I did when I got there. Because it was funny. Drew was like, well, what if you get there and you plug in the CO detector and it just goes off immediately? And I was like, we'll leave. (laughs) We'll take the tenant and we'll leave. (laughs) Right. But fortunately, he's fine. And I left it there for him as a gift. Oh, that's very nice. (laughs) Oh, since you have two. Yeah. So... He was very relieved to hear that as well. There was another element to this, and I'm going to speak a little vaguely here to protect Zachary's personal life. But as we dug into this whole story with the girlfriend, with Kate, it also became obvious that there was like a lot of emotional attachment to this narrative. And that relationship. And that... Maybe the ghost hypothesis had kind of helped him deal with a very messy breakup that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was easier to just say uh, spirits were involved and kind of ruined this for me. But But then that hypothesis, you know, ran away with itself and became even worse because he was living in a haunted house. Right. But then we were able to assure him on the flip side that... Now you don't have to worry about future relationships being doomed. Yes, yeah. There's no reason to expect that your house is working against your committed relationships. And I said to him, you know, and you said like all your relationships fail, but man, every relationship fails until the one that doesn't. I felt like a light bulb went off behind his eyes like, oh yeah. It's a really good way of saying that. So we went to bed the second night. I left the EMF detector on. But I didn't even set up the cameras at this point. We'd gotten a lot of footage and thought, well, I think we're all pretty satisfied. And uh, we wake up in the morning and you were asleep for a You stayed up really late. I couldn't fall asleep till like 5 a.m. So I didn't get up till like 1130 or something. Okay. So we were downstairs. Oh, Ross and I were smiling at each other because Ross has told me there's something he hasn't told me yet. Chris and Zachary were having another discussion about guns. And another conspiracy theory came up, the shooting at Mandalay Bay. And Zachary was saying, hey, well, some friends and I tested out this whole thing, you know, where you have an AR-15 and you're trying to shoot at a downward angle with a bump stock. Oh, no. Shouldn't it be able to send out the next bullet? Oh, no. He's saying, so there was probably a second shooter somewhere around the fourth floor. And he's explaining all that. So then he wants to demonstrate the point. So he runs to his room and he comes out with an AR-15. Oh, my God. He did 
do the proper thing first and demonstrate, look, it's empty. He uh-huh. showed it to Chris. Chris came over, held on to it, observed, okay, yes, it's empty. Uh-huh. But he's pulling out pins and he's kind of oh dis- disassembling it, reassembling it. And so it's making all these AR-15 noises. Oh, my God. <laughs> and... I'm picturing you upstairs because we demonstrated earlier that you had been able to hear just our normal conversations from your room. Uh-huh. And so I'm picturing you up there just terrified. Yeah, because I fucking hate guns. But, I really, really hate guns. And that, this is an AR-15. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. I'm glad I, I'm glad you waited to tell me because it's really scary. I purposefully thought, okay, Carrie yeah. doesn't need to know this right now while we're here. Yeah. It, it didn't particularly bothered me it felt like a slightly uncomfortable situation but i was more uncomfortable just picturing you up there terrified yeah. oh my god and finally i raised my hand he's like yeah i said mm-hmm. you know i realize it's safe but i just gotta say i, I don't think carrie would be comfortable <laughs> with a gun out oh, in you. the room uh-huh. if you wouldn't mind putting it away he said oh i'm i'm so sorry i i didn't even think about that he he goes he puts it away he comes out and he apologizes again you know oh. i'm i'm just around guns all the time didn't even i feel so safe around them didn't even think about that really sorry said no oh, worries it's sweet. okay and that's when i texted you and said he put it away oh so you were probably wondering what that was all about that's funny because chris had been doing his live feed, and I thought you were saying the <laughs> live feed's live over. Feed you can come down if you're in your pajamas or whatever. <laughs> That's what that was. But about. no, it was a gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Once we realized there were probably guns in the house because this guy's really into guns, I was like, okay, well, this house is much scarier than I thought it would be. I'd much rather there was a ghost than a gun. But from now on, if we have to go somewhere to someone's house, I will ask them, do you have guns? Because if so, I'm probably not coming. And Zachary is a sweetheart, a very nice guy. But at the same time, you're entering the house of someone you've never met before. Yeah, right. And he's talking about ghosts he's seen. And accidents happen with guns. And and he has guns. And then we realize that Chris has never met him in person before either. Right, which we didn't know until we met him. <laughs> So all of it made for a slightly uncomfortable first day or so. <laughs> but now we love Zachary and uh, well, I love Zachary. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> now we're friends with Zachary and we hung out the rest of the day with him until it was time to go back to the airport. Yeah. And then we did. He took some really awesome pictures of us out front. Oh, yeah. He's a really good photographer. So we'll share those uh, with the episode. So another thing we talked to Zachary about was the role that suggestion plays in all this. Because as he was telling all these stories, and you noted earlier, we would ask him, well, okay, did that person already know that your house was haunted Mm -hmm. before that story took place? Yeah, they did. Oh, I told them everything. So as we were going back through everything, we said, so... When you said that, and you weren't doing anything wrong, Mm -hmm. but you were unintentionally kind of planting this idea in them. them. Yeah. So now as they walk into your house and they feel the heebie-jeebies or they see a book out of place or whatever, the ghost is an available hypothesis to them and it just gets reinforced over and over for them. So we got to talk about like, well, how does suggestion work? How did you even come up with this theory? Okay, your girlfriend suggested it to you, right? So like... Eventually, we get back to like a single person who had an unusual thing happen to her. Genuinely mm-hmm. unusual, if, mm-hmm. if her story's right, that she got grabbed on the hips. But it just all snowballs from there. Right. And that's one of those situations where you can't recreate it. And all you can do responsibly is just say, 
that's very interesting. I wish I was there, mm-hmm. but we can't recreate that. Right. Let's just look at the stuff that we can. There could be many other reasons why she would get bruises, and we could speculate endlessly about that. We learn later she might not be the most honest person right? as well with the way he told stories. A lot of them involved her. Sounds like she's got a truth-telling problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel confident that his house doesn't have ghosts, and he seemed to also. Do you feel confident? I do. Okay, good. So if you need your house checked out by us, just let us know. This is what we do full time now. Oh, no. We travel the country it's looking funny, after, at houses. After Carrie's TED Talk, so many people have written us, you know, okay, well, I saw this thing. They want her to solve yeah. their ghost. yeah issues from afar uh-huh. not easy to do not easy to do and sometimes it'll be like 30 years ago my father and i were on an <laughs> island and i am like okay i don't know if you even remember this correctly how am i supposed to disentangle it <laughs> thanks uh-huh. for sharing your story yeah but at least now you have some ideas about what an investigation can and should look like maybe you can help a friend Yeah. And that was the coolest thing that came out of this is that he felt relieved and happy. I felt so relieved when I realized that I was being gassed (laughs) in my house. It's true. I mean, like, obviously being gassed is terrifying. But the idea that, like, ghosts haunt your house and just follow you around and, like, for the rest of my life I could be haunted by demons. Yeah, that's worse. The world got much simpler when I found out, oh, no, you just need to leave a house if there's a gas leak. Well, then what would you give Zachary's house on a pseudoscience scale where one is something not very pseudoscientific and 10 is something very pseudoscientific? Uh, What am I actually rating? Ghost hunting? His house, our experience? Uh, I don't know. Let's just give it all a thumbs up. Yeah, well, definitely uh, drinks, thumbs up. He provided sodas for us. Not hot drinks, though. It was very hot in Arizona, though. I'm I'm happy to lump it all in as a drinks rating. Okay. So thumbs up there. All right. Well, uh, I'm giving it a thumbs down on the drinks. He even had alcohol. Drink. He doesn't drink, but to, <laughs> yeah, it's, that it's was very, really sweet. It's very sweet. He just thought friends come over sometimes and they give him. So I should have like a full bar. Grief if he doesn't have alcohol. So he is fully stocked. Uh, very generous. This was a fun experience. What about creepiness? Would you give this a creepiness? Oh my value? gosh, are we really doing all of them? No. Cre- creepiness forty five. Okay. I mean, that's what it. That's what ghost hunting has in spades is creepiness. Sure. I wasn't creeped out by this house, though. I'll give it a seven point five. All right, cool. And uh, you get it. You guys get it. I feel like people are going to give us a hard time later. Like your ratings are incomplete. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed that. We'll look forward to following up with both Zachary and Chris Shelton. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our editor is Victor Figueroa. You can support us by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. That'd be a very nice thing to do. You could also find us on Facebook at FB.com forward slash OnRack, O-N-R-A-C. There you can find pictures. There you can find articles. There you can like us. You can see the video of me walking around the house by myself. And you can follow us on Twitter at OnoPodcast. And remember, if your bed has a ghost in it, Unplug it. What's up? I'm James, the co-host of Minority Corner. And look at that! I'm Aneke, the other co-host of Minority Corner. Girl, guess what? What? We just hit our 100th episode! What? 
And what do you think is gonna be in store for the next 100? Probably some more feuds with Jennifer Hudson. And I'm telling you, I'm We'll probably do more investigative reporting too, like we did with the Kodak and their racist film. Not to mention exposing the truth, like how we did with the ugly history of the Texas Rangers. But we always lighten the mood with a splash of pop culture. Olivia Pope's new wig, have you seen that? It's popping. Just like your lip gloss. And Janet Jackson. And you know we like to put our nerd glasses on and talk about things like Marvel. It's true. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't speak about DC. (laughs) But you just did. Why? All from a perspective that's black, queer, and ladylike. So come on over and learn, laugh, and play, and join the corner. It's a lot of fun. I'm having fun right now. (laughs) (laughs) Minority Corner. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.